And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest episode of The Shamrock. I'm Pete Sampson with a special interview edition. Uh, we'll be joined by, from NBC, Tony Dungy, Super Bowl winning coach and player, uh, Notre Dame's analyst for the NBC broadcast this year. I think it was a great conversation among myself, Matt Fortuna, and Coach Dungy. Some, I think, I thought, great insights that you'll enjoy on Brian Kelly, Tommy Reese, Clark Lee, uh, the Notre Dame program, what's working, uh, and why it's working. So let's get to the interview. Here's from NBC Sports, Tony Dungy. Pleased to welcome to the Shamrock, uh, NBC's analyst for Notre Dame games this year. Also, probably better known as a Super Bowl winning coach, Super Bowl winning player, and uh, analyst on Football Night in America on NBC, Tony Dungy. Tony, thank you so much for for making some time with us to to come and talk Notre Dame football. I guess what my first question is just, what has this season been like to cover? You're sort of getting a different Notre Dame experience than anybody else at NBC has ever gotten uh, with half, like, one-tenth full stadiums, but you also get the different experience of having called the Clemson game, which is not a game that has been seen at Notre Dame Stadium in quite some time. What has this season been like to be part of? It, it really has been amazing, kind of a roller coaster. Uh, they came to me um, early in the summer and said, hey, would you like to do this? And uh, I said, great. And so you don't quite know what to expect. First time on campus, you see all the history and everything, but not having the full stadium, not having uh, everyone there has been a challenge. But then getting to know the players and getting to know the coaching staff, even though it's via Zoom, it's been awesome to to get that experience. And then building through the season where they just got better and better and better. And, of course, that big game, uh, I, I remember just thinking, gosh, they always show on the scoreboard before the games, you know, Lindsey Nelson and <laughs> – and all these great, you know, uh, calls of, of plays from, from history. And then you think in the Clemson game, 30 years from now, people are going to look back and we're going to be on the broadcast of this unbelievable game. So it, it's, been, it's been pretty amazing uh, and, and one of the, the more fun things I've been able to do. So, Coach, what, what's your preparation been like for games <clears throat> excuse me, this season? Um, you know, you're, you're flying in usually the day of the game. You're not – spending a Friday or a Thursday around the Goog with the coaching staff. And it's your first year. I don't know if you have any personal history with anyone in that building, but how have you prepared week in and week out? to? to no, it's been a little more difficult. We've had to do the Zoom meetings. Uh, we 
fortunately, Notre Dame sends us a lot of tapes. So I get to watch all the practices. I get to watch the games. Uh, but it's certainly not like being there. And then you're, you're talking to the players and the coaching staff <laughs> online via Zoom. It's not that personal face-to-face, which you wish you had. But I'll tell you what, I have enjoyed these young men tremendously. Uh, the coaching staff, I'm, I'm going to say it on Saturday's broadcast, if there's an athletic director out there looking for a head coach, Clark Lee, I I don't know how you could be any better than that or do any better than that. I'll be shocked if he's not a head coach somewhere uh, at at the end of this season because he's tremendous. You watch his team play, his defense play. They play uh, with passion. They play smart. They play aggressively. You talk to the players. They love him and just how he relates to them. And it, it's been great getting to know him, even though it's not up close and personal. Uh, some of these players, I told Mike Tirico, I, I'm never going to coach again. But if I did go back to the NFL, there's about 10 of these guys I'd love to take with me because they're exactly what, what you're looking for in terms of athleticism, but character and team spirit and, and all the things that, that you look for to start a team. So it, it's been it's been pretty awesome, but it has been much more difficult than a, a normal preparation situation. I wanted to ask you to drill down a little bit more on Clark Lee because as a former head coach, I mean, you understand hiring coordinators, what you're looking for, how an organization runs well. What is it about Clark that is maybe a little bit different or what what is it about him that sort of strikes you that you're like, yes, this is a guy who is ready to move up? When when you talk to him about what they do, uh, he can explain it to you very well. He has a grasp of the game. He understands his players' strengths and weaknesses. His X's and O's are tremendous. But that's not what makes a, a head coach. Uh, a lot of people look at that and say, oh, you know, gosh, he's got these great schemes, and, and that's going to be what I want. But when you talk to the players about how they put things together, how he makes corrections, how he inspires them, how he talks to them during the game, before the game, after the game. And just there, you get the sense that they love playing for him. And uh, it's it's a, a system that, that's put in, but it's not just X's and O's. It's about people. And I, I just, that that's what stands out to me. And I, I think he's going to be sensational. On the other side of the ball, Ian Book's playing the best ball of his career right now at the most important time. How have you seen him grow within the season uh, so far uh, this fall? You know, it, it's funny. I didn't know much about Ian Book. I, I only saw Notre Dame highlights. So as we're getting ready for the opener, uh, I, I watched and I said, boy, this, this guy has a lot of the skills that NFL people want. He's accurate. He's got mobility. He takes care of the football. He does a lot of good things. And then I kind of got the vibe around there that everybody, fans and everyone else and analysts are saying, hey, he's a good player. He's okay. But, you know, there's something a little bit missing. And then you just watch him play and you watch him make play after play after play. Maybe not the highlight reel play, but you say, wow, that was a big play. Just turning that loss into a a two-yard game, throwing the ball away at the right time. Uh, He's just – he grows on you. And he's he's really grown on this team. The players believe in him, and he is making the plays that that help you win games. On the off, sticking on the offensive side of the ball, you know, it's it's very early days for Tommy Reese as a coordinator. Um, but I do get the sense talking to people around Notre Dame that they they find him to be unique in terms of his X's and O's knowledge, and I think that he relates really well to the players at Notre Dame. What what have you been able to pick up on him? 
over Zoom or just sort of getting to know him at a distance? What I loved about Coach Reese and meeting him and talking to him before the first game of the year, uh, he is not caught up in, well, everybody else in the country runs spread offenses and fast-paced and no huddling. We've got to be like all these other teams. He said, no, we're, we're Notre Dame, first of all. So that, that makes us unique. And then secondly, this year's team, our strength is our offensive line and our tight ends. We've got a veteran quarterback who can process a lot of things, but the strength of our team is those seven guys up front. So I'm going to build around that. And I don't care that it's maybe not fashionable. It's not sexy. That's what we are. And he's stuck to that. And uh, it, it's I, I've really enjoyed that, that I don't have to go along with the flow of everyone else. I don't have to go along with what everybody thinks college football should be. And Notre Dame, that's why they're hard to play against, because they're doing what most teams aren't doing now. They're, they're building around the run game and that offensive line and good solid passing game off of that and he's playing to to his team's strengths and i believe next year when some of those offensive linemen graduate and ian book's not there he'll do it differently and to me that's the sign of a good coach hey what do i have how can i play to the strengths of the guys that i have hide their weaknesses and develop a, a, a system so uh, i've been really impressed looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Tommy's father, Bill, is Notre Dame's director of scouting, spent forever in the NFL, including some time in Tampa after you had left. Were you familiar with the family at all, with Bill, just from uh, your coaching career? I knew of Bill and and his expertise, yes. And I'd watched Tommy play in in college. Didn't know either one of them personally, but, yes, had heard a lot of, of stories about both. Considering we've we've asked you about both coordinators, I'm going to hear it from the special teams coordinator if we don't bring up Brian Poley. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, have, and recruiting Brian coordinator, I go way back, yeah. obviously. And, yeah, uh, do you have any good uh, Brian Polian stories from back in your day? Uh, you know what? It, it's amazing. We were doing the uh, Green Bay Chicago game, and I was talking to Bill Lazor, offensive coordinator with the Bears, mm-hmm. and he said, "You won't remember this, but I met you in 2000." Three. I was friends with Brian Polian. Brian introduced me to you before the game. I was with the Atlanta Falcons, and we were playing, and Brian introduced me, and, and I, it did jog my memory. But uh, Brian's been a guy who's always been around. He always watches. Uh, he, he's learned a lot through observation, and he's been a, an, an excellent coach, and he's done some really, really good things with that special teams unit. There, there was one play that I remember from the Louisville game that kind of speaks volumes about Brian. Uh, Louisville had a big defensive lineman who was a big athletic guy, and he was jumping over the center and blocking kicks. 
in that game, Brian offset the snapper, holder, and kicker. Just offset them one notch behind the guard rather than behind the center. The first field goal of the game that Notre Dame hits to make it 3 nothing. This defensive lineman jumps over the center, does everything that he normally does. If the ball had been right behind the center, the kick had been blocked. It was very, very subtle, but that's how uh, just in-depth Ryan goes into things. And it's really been – it's been amazing to me watching him too. As not this little young coach that I, I knew <laughs> growing up, but now a special teams coordinator doing a great job. What was how did this opportunity come about? Obviously, you've been with NBC for for more than a decade, but as far as transitioning, if you will, to the college game and calling uh, a level of football that that you hadn't publicly been involved with, the way you were with the NFL for this long, was it did it require a whole lot of prep work, or were you watching these games every Saturday and and a fan like everyone else and really plugged in and involved? Oh no, it involved a lot of prep work for me because I, I do watch as a fan, but uh, kind of casual fan. So now when you're broadcasting, you really have to know what's going on and, and start watching. So uh, seeing different systems, you know, you, you call an NFL game, you pretty much know uh, what's going to happen. There, there's a little bit of variation, but everybody does the same stuff in the NFL. In college, it's a different offense every week. It's a different defense every week. It, it's Some of these teams play 3-5 three, three, as their base defense. And everybody kind of flops wide side, short side players. They didn't really even know that until I started mm-hmm. preparing for this. There, hey, there's a wide side receiver and a boundary receiver. There's a wide side corner and a boundary corner. And it, it, I had to do a lot of homework, but it's been fun learning it and learning the nuances. And uh, it's, But it, it did. It, it was a lot of prep work for me. I was curious in terms of like following college football, I was talking to um, Rob Highland before the season when you were coming on about it. And he's like, you know, Tony is really dialed into the college game, you know, maybe not in the, the boundary uh, <laughs> boundary field receiver sense, but like, what is it about college football that, that still really appeals to you, even though, you know, you're, you've been in, your identity has been around in the NFL for so long. I just think back to my days and how much impact my college coaches had on me. I think the the college game teaches life and 95% of these guys are not going to be professional players. They're not going to make their living playing football. So they're learning life lessons. They're developing life skills. They're growing. They're going to go into their life's work. And to me, that's the neat thing about it. Brian Kelly, Clark Lee, Tommy Reese, all the, the staff, they're going to have an impact on 120 guys. Eight of them are going to be NFL players. The other 112 or 115, they're going to go on to do great things in life because of uh, the experience that they've had there and because of who they've been around. So that, to me, is what I love about it. And, and you see young men develop. You see them work together, learn to work together to overcome disappointments. Uh, someone like Sean Crawford who's had injury after injury after injury and comes back and says, you know what, I want to be part of this and I want to do something special and I want to be with these guys another year. That's what you love about college football. Putting you on the spot here a little bit. Best Notre Dame player you've coached uh, throughout your career? The best Notre Dame player I've coached. Wow. Um, Well, I'm going to think in my early past – 
Rocky Boyman was a tremendous player for us with, with the Colts. Um, I haven't really had a lot of Notre Dame guys. Um, Tim Grunhard was with us in Kansas City, a really good center, um, mm-hmm. fantastic player. Rocky was a, a great linebacker. I'm trying to think of some of my DBs and receivers. Um, I, I'd, I'd have to go with Rocky Boyman right now. Can I take credit for Rocky Blyer? Yeah. I, co- I coached the other side. <laughs> yeah, why not? I've seen for a while. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's an all-timer. Uh, from a head coach's perspective, you know, we, we asked you about Polian and Reese and, and Clark Lee, but, you know, Brian Kelly – to run this program the way that he's run it, um, you know, for a decade plus now, over 100 wins. What I was curious about your perception of Brian Kelly before you started doing this, and your perception of Brian Kelly now that you've gotten to know him a little bit. It, it is much different. I'll tell you that when, when watching on TV, you see the sideline and you see the intensity and you see sometimes the explosions. And I said, "Wow, this guy is really wound tight." Uh, I think he's grown uh, a little bit. And when you talk to his players now, hey, tell me about Coach Kelly. Uh, there, there's a, a reverence there. These guys appreciate him. Uh, th- those relationships have, have developed. Uh, they do feel like he's steering them in the right way. And you said it, to be at Notre Dame, a high-pressure job for that long and to keep them at a high level and, and to, to keep it going, that, that says a lot. And uh, he's approaching some of those all-time records in, in terms of, of longevity and wins and those kind of things. And I don't think the general public would think, you know, Newt Rockney, Eric Parsage, and Brian Kelly. But right. it, it really is. When you when you look at it, there, there's uh, he, he's done a fantastic job. So, uh, yes, getting to know him, getting to talk to him, hear, hearing from his players, uh, my perception is a lot different. Seeing Notre Dame beat Clemson the way they did on November 7th, knowing what we know about how both programs, Notre Dame's played better since then, and Clemson's going to be better because they're going to be healthier. What do you, how do you see that game on December 19th, presum- the presumptive ACC title game, Clemson hasn't clinched it yet, but how do you see that rematch playing out uh, schematically? What do you think will be different, similar to what we saw uh, last month? Well, I think Clemson does realize they can't stop Notre Dame's run game. They can't stop them without blitzing. Um, they blitzed a lot in that first game. I, I think Brent Venables will have some different blitzes up. He'll have some better players blitzing because he'll have Skalski back. He'll have some of those uh, front seven players that are, are just better players than the, than the backup guys we saw. I don't think the quarterback situation is going to be that much different. Uh, Trevor Lawrence will play well, but DJ played well. So that part is a wash. I think Clemson having their defensive guys back will help Notre Dame though knows that they can handle them uh, I, I think they went into that game believing they could but not knowing they could and now they know it so it, it's going to be a great game I, I, I can say that it's going to happen uh, and, and I think it's going to be a great game I could see another overtime game I think it's that close I, I really believe if these teams played 10 times it would be 6-4 one way or the other um, it's that close Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. 
tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. What's, you know, maybe a couple things that you've seen on that film that, you know, has surprised you or informed what you think of Notre Dame football and the way the program has developed this year? Um, I'll tell you what, when I watched, I watched the first couple of scrimmages getting ready for the the opener and I thought, man, this defense is way ahead of the offense. Um, they, I was really impressed with the defensive guys, the way they flew around and I'd heard about this dominant offensive line, but the defensive line really got after them. And I think that was a wake up call. I think those guys on offense said, you know what, we've kind of maybe rested on our laurels a little bit and we've got to get it going. Well, now I've watched the offense come on uh, through through the course of the year. And maybe it's the confidence that Kyron Williams has injected with that run game. Uh, it's Ian Book and, and the confidence that he's getting in his receivers because it was a new receiving core, basically. Uh, but I've watched the offense make strides. And, and now um, it's, a, it's a complete team. So that, that's what I see. And I, I do see a high skill level on, on both sides of the ball. Um, I was always impressed with those defensive guys flying around. But, but when you look at the offensive unit and Tommy Trimble and Mike Mayer and uh, Skoranek, Ben Skoranek, uh, they, they brought a skill level uh, to the offense that, that's really nice to see. I know you just said earlier that you're never going to coach again, but if, say, Clark Lee ended up at Vanderbilt, you have a defensive background. You're now familiar <laughs> with the program. What do you say? Dumb G2021 for Notre Dame defense coordinator. If they would let me come in like I do to broadcast, if I could just come in on the weekend and call the defense. You got to do road games, too. <laughs> I mean, I would I'd have to do the road games, too. But, uh there's, there's, there is a, a draw to college football and, and working with 18, 19, 20-year-old young men uh, that would be would be neat, but uh, probably it's a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep you on the list regardless. Tony Dungy, p- okay, potential I'll, defensive I'll coordinator. <laughs> All right. Well, Coach Dungy, we really appreciate the time here uh, chatting with us on, on the Shamrock. We had Mike Tirico on uh, earlier in the season. He was great. Um, and I did – I do want to ask you before you get out of here, just like working with him, why that chemistry is so good. And I brought up to Mike that I think it was during the Florida State game where you were getting kind of frustrated that uh, like if I had a running play that I was averaging 50 yards, I would call it again. Like, come on, Reese, let's get it together. Like, what's why Why do you work so well with Tariko and like why is that chemistry so good? I'm glad you brought that up because I, I have to say Mike is just the absolute best. He's a, a pro but he has been he, he tries to help his broadcast partner and and i know i saw that with john gruden as john was learning the ropes and broadcasting with him uh on monday night football i didn't know much about this business and i didn't know how to do it and mike takes his time and explains that hey try this and this this could be more effective hey you want, might want to think about this so uh not only is he that that pro but he helps his partner and uh he's just such a, a good guy so I, I love working with him and uh, we do have a nice camp. Maybe it's both of us being Michigan guys. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> he's a Syracuse guy. Yeah. You got to watch him this well, week. He, oh, oh, well, we got to get him out of the team. Yeah. <laughs> he is so worried about this game. He's oh my guys, we're not even going to be able to put up a game and that kind of thing. But yeah, Mike, Mike's great, and and uh, I love working with him. 
All right, well, Coach Dungey, thank you again so much for uh, making some time with us today and coming on the Shamrock to talk Notre Dame and your experience here. We, again, appreciate the time, appreciate the insights. Thank you so much. Looking forward to things and uh, looking forward to the next couple of weeks. It's going to be great. Awesome. Right. Thank you, Coach. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Thanks, Take guys. Care. That's a wrap on this week's edition of the Shamrock. Matt and I will be back on Saturday evening to recap the Syracuse game, uh, to spin it forward a little bit towards – what should be Clemson part two uh, and see where Notre Dame season is going next. So until we talk to you on Saturday, I'm Pete Sampson. He's Matt Fortuna. Thanks for being with us for another episode of the Shamrock. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.